Well, praise you, Lord. You may be seated a moment. God's good, isn't he? All the time. All the time. Well, I had somebody told me this morning, I don't know why they talk about me like this, but I had somebody told me this morning I look like a pimp. I said, well, I am. I'm a pimp for Jesus. That's what I am. It takes a brave man to wear something like this, buddy. Huh? Oh. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, have fun in church, right? You know, praise the Lord. Um, I got this message going down the road the other day. Freedom isn't free, but it's free. So um, you'll have to wait around to the end of it to see what all that means. But um, thank God we live in a country that we have freedom. There's places in the world today that you can't go and and and, and have church. And um, but thank God that we have freedom. This is my definition of freedom: to be to be released from bondage. Amen. That's my freedom would be to be released from bondage. Now, the American soldier who, um, you know, is my kind of special in my heart, the American soldier. I got a colonel here in the service that I love. I'm the only pastor that can call, I'm the only guy that can call a pastor, I mean a, a colonel sweetie. And get away with it. Michael probably can't even do it. I don't know, you know. She probably pull rank on him or something. I don't, you know. But the American soldiers, so I'm going to give you a little bit of history just a little bit this morning. After 9-11, there was a guy that played football for the Arizona Cardinals by the name of Pat Tillman. You may not have ever heard of him. Pat Tillman, after 9-11, was offered a contract with the Arizona Cardinals for $9 million a year. He was a football player. $9 million a year to play football for the Arizona Cardinals. Pat Tillman turned down $9 million to join the Army to be an Army Ranger to go to Afghanistan and Iraq. He was later killed in Afghanistan. But you think about that. I've thought about that a lot. Nine million dollars in your hand, and you're going to give it up to go fight for someone for their freedom. A true American hero. There's 58,479 names on the wall in, in Washington, D.C., the Vietnam Wall. 58,479. If you could ask any of them today, would they do it again? All of them would say, I would go again because they love this country and they would do it for your freedom. You don't know them. They didn't know you. But they went and paid the ultimate sacrifice. I can tell you this. I'll be 75 years old in September. 
if I'm on the street and I see the flag burn, somebody's going to have to whip me. That's what it means to me. The, the America, it means to me. In 1966, I want you young people here uh, to listen to this. In 1966, there was a basketball coach at Vanderbilt University named Roy Skinner. In 1966, black people couldn't play basketball in the Southeastern Conference. Roy Skinner was a white basketball coach at Vanderbilt. There was a young man at Pearl High School in Nashville, Tennessee, in North Nashville, born into poverty, but he was a straight-A student. And his name was Perry Wallace. Roy Skinner went and recruited Perry Wallace to come to Vanderbilt. The first black player to play in the Southeastern Conference at Vanderbilt University. It was a time when, when they went on the road to eat, playing mainly in the South. Perry couldn't go eat with the team because the restaurants wouldn't let him in. But he endured. Perry Wallace graduated from Vanderbilt University with a degree in electrical engineering, went to law school, became an attorney with the United States uh, District Court in Washington, D.C. He paid the price. And now, if you look at the basketball teams all over America, they'll be 90% black. Why? Because a little boy from North Nashville paid the ultimate price, and he was ridiculed. The Church of Christ church across from Vanderbilt University, Perry wanted to go to church. The Church of Christ church pastor sent a letter to Vanderbilt University and told him that he's not welcome in our church. That is what happened. I was about 12 years old, and my mama, first time I'd ever went to Nashville, my mama and I, we walked across from the little farm to the highway to catch a bus to go to Nashville. We get on the bus. We set up front. And as the bus stops going into Nashville, people are getting on and off. But they had two doors on the bus, one up front, one in the back. The black man couldn't sit up front. They had to sit in the back of the bus. The black man couldn't eat at the lunch counter in Nashville, Tennessee. They had colored areas. But thank God that people paid the price. Amen. They paid the ultimate price and went through a lot of uh, hell and headaches for these young people here, right here, sitting in our church. Let me tell you something Amen. this morning. You can do anything you want to do. Amen. You can be anything you want to be. Amen. It doesn't matter what color you are. Amen. It doesn't matter anything about your skin. Amen. It's what you've got in your heart. That's right.
But freedom isn't free. Somebody had to pay a price for it. I have seen people that has been liberated. And I imagine Crystal and Michael may have also, or other people have been in the military. But in 1967 in Vietnam, what would happen would be the Viet Cong would come into villages and they would take the village over and, 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 and they would, they would control the village. And the villagers couldn't go or, or do anything unless they honored the authority of the Viet Cong. But you know what would happen? I've seen the faces of people who have been liberated. Because I remember going through those villages. And when the American soldier arrived in that village that was, that was under the Viet Cong control, when we got through extracting the Viet Cong, you can look on the face of a person and see freedom that they've been released. See, we take it so much for granted in America. Everything doesn't make any difference. But let me tell you something. Somebody has paid a price for you to be here today. Somebody paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to be able to have freedom today. It isn't free. Somebody has paid the price for it. But I thank God today, we still got churches in this country today. You understand that we have churches in this country today, in 2000 and, what is this, 21? Do you understand there's churches in America today where you couldn't sit in a white church? Still today, because of the color of your skin. Lord help. Skin doesn't matter, it's the content of the heart. You guys need to read some history. Because Martin Luther King liberated the black people in America because he stood up a a Baptist preacher, a black man, who had enough guts to stand up in the midst of all the turmoil and everything that he endured. But there was a day... When he went through and on the end, read his last message. And his word was this. Thank God, thank God, thank God, I'm free at last. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to be here today. True. Thank God that he paid that price. But we should never take our freedom for granted. Never, ever. Now, over in John, the eighth chapter, verse 31, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. And Jesus said this, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. And look what he said. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The truth cannot make you free if you don't know the truth. Jesus said you've got to know the truth and the truth will set you free. In verse 36, Jesus said this, Therefore, if the Son of Man makes you free, you are free indeed. You know, I've been around a long time and I see churches where there's so much bondage. And people living in so much fear and doubt and unbelief and bondage. They're not free from self. 
The churches of America today are under a tremendous attack. And it's people that's cowered down in fear. And we've given in to fear that has run rampant in America today. And he said here, though, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Let me tell you something. I remember this, thank God. I stayed in bondage a lot of my life spiritually. But there was a day, bless God, August 22nd, 1990, in an old tent in White House, Tennessee, where a Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, tongue-talker, devil-kicking preacher got up and started preaching the Word of God, bless God, and thank God for that day that I got set free from self, bless God. The biggest problem with our churches today, we're in bondage to ourself. And till you get delivered from yourself, you'll never be able to do anything other than just waller in your self-pity. Well, now, now, now brother, now, you know, now, 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 we're not in no bondage and all. No, 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 no. We're all operating that. i tell you what's wrong with America today. We've got young people here. Some of them not here today. But uh, young people here today. we got mamas and daddies that are not mamas and daddies. We got, we got four year olds that's, that's more interested in a cell phone and a video game than they are learning about Jesus Christ. And we got mamas and daddies that's giving them cell phones to uh, uh, occupy their mind where they don't have to be a mom and daddy. We got, we got kids now that, that, that ain't even wipe, can't even wipe their hand in, but got a cell phone. There's something wrong with this picture here somewhere. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing. Now, I know none of y'all are going to do it. But the best thing to do, if we get the cell phone, let me tell you something. When you get 18, you get a cell phone. If you know how to operate it. But now what is, we're, we're in bondage to all of this stuff and all of this distractions. All of us, all distractions. And we got these kids now growing up. They don't know, they don't know their butt from a hole in the ground. Well, excuse me. Uh, 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 take that off of the the thing. Because <laughs> they're not free, bless God. Thank God, thank God I'm free. I thank God that I can preach in a church and I'm not obligated by the government to hell with the government, to hell with the 501c3, to hell with all this stuff that the government wants to put on us. I'm going to preach the Word of God. I'm going to preach the truth. And I don't care who it offends, bless God. Let me tell you something. If you come to a church and you don't get your toes stepped on, the preacher ain't doing his job. You ought to leave the church on Sunday morning and say, Whoo, man, he, my God, he got on me this morning. I'm going to tell you what. It's because we need to get on, bless God. True. We need to change our attitude. True. We need to have an attitude adjustment. We need to have a checkup from the neck up. True. And we get some stuff straightened out in this country, my God. I don't go to store much, but I, I, I was in the store the other day. I, I, I try to go, uh, uh, I, I, I don't, uh, well I refuse to go to Walmart. I don't even go there no more. Uh, but anyway, but I was in the store the other day and this woman had this little boy in, in, in the cart. 
And he'd roll this little boy around in the car. He's about four or five years old, sitting in the little booster seat thing. And this little boy screaming and raising all kind of uh, cane at the mama because he wants this and he wants this and he wants this. You know, I thought, now I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. I said, she needs to park that cart and take that boy out there to the car. And she needs to get some righteous indignation and wear his butt out is what needs to happen. But now we got what we got now. We got the parents are under bondage to the children. Then we wonder what, what in the world is wrong with this country. So that's where we're at today. So we need to get set free. I need to get set free for me. Now, Jesus said, it'll, 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 the, the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Now, in chapter 30 of John 19, Jesus said this. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said this. It is finished. What does that mean? That means deliverance had come to the people. The bondage that they were living under, you have been set free, bless God. Jesus at Calvary, when he spoke those words, it is finished. It it gave the people the opportunity to operate in the freedom of religion. Now, in verse 34, same passage, verse 34, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Immediately, blood and water came out. What is that symbolic of? Blood is symbolic of your salvation. When Jesus hung on the cross and gave up his freedom to set you free, when they pierced his side, blood and water came out, Blood is symbolic of of the salvation, and water is a type of the Holy Spirit. So what Jesus did on Calvary was gave you the opportunity to operate in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. That was on Calvary. Now, but today we see the church, and we turn over here to Galatians. I'm, I know y'all want to get hamburgers and all that, so just b- bear with me just a little bit. It's going to be some of them say, "Man, I said we should, we ought to stay at home today." Now, in Galatians five, now I understand that Paul pioneered Galatian, the church. He built the church. Paul built a church because the Holy Spirit had already came into the earth. You understand? They were operating in Acts. The Holy Spirit had done been poured out. So Paul is pioneering the church in, in Corinth and Galatia. He pioneers those church were spirit-filled churches. Then Paul comes back and he looks at the church, much like today. If Jesus had to look at the church today, what would he see? Then Jesus, then Paul said this in verse five, in chapter one, verse five. He said, stand therefore in liberty. Everybody say liberty. liberty. You have liberty to worship the way you want to. 
Jesus appropriated that freedom for you on Calvary. So he gave you the liberty. He gave you the liberty to stay home. He gave you the liberty to not serve God. That is what he gave you. Then, then Paul said this, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. Do you understand? The church should not be operating in any kind of hindrance and bondage. My God, we're, Jesus has set us free. Now it wasn't free because he had to pay the ultimate sacrifice on Calvary. It cost Jesus his life. For us today to be able to operate in the freedom of religion and expression and everything else. Jesus appropriated for that on, on Calvary. Now he said then, if, 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 if you will stand there, do not be entangled again in a yoke of bondage. What Paul was telling the church at Galatia, look, you've already been set free. Why are you going back? You know, in 24 years of this church, started this church with, uh, is anybody here when we started? Four people, five people. I'm amazed y'all are still here. <laughs> but you know, I think back that, that, that when, when we had started this church, I said, I'm going to preach the word. It doesn't make any difference. I am going to preach the word and I'm going to preach the truth from the word. And that's what we have endeavored doing. But Paul now comes back to that church and he sees the church in a terrible shape. So he's asking, what, 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 what's with y'all? You've done been set free. Why are you going back? It's like I've never been a drinker or a drug addict. I never took none of that stuff, so I don't know. But I've had people who are alcoholics, where alcoholics would tell me, once you got set free, you can't even take a, a smell of it because it, it grabs you again. You had to totally, when you get set free, you are totally set free. And you cannot go back. That's what Paul was telling the Galatian church. You have been set free, so why are you going back to the bondage that you got set free from? It's like, well, you know, it's like with us. My God, I, now there's some things that I don't want to be set free from. You know, I like cornbread, uh, pinto beans, uh, uh, fried potatoes, stuff like that. I don't want to be, I, I'll be honest with you, I like that bondage. And I pray over it, but, but I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of like it. But I mean, there's things that we get out of, we ought not go back to. But that's what Paul was telling them, said, look, you've gone all the way back now. You've been set free, now you've come back. And look what he said here that you, that they were operating in. He said now, the works, he says, your fleshly people, idolatry, fornication, unclean. Now, see, we're not supposed to preach against this. This is not supposed to be taught in the church. 
Well, I appreciate the amen, but the works of the flesh, idolatry, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambition. Then he goes on and on. Envy and all this other kind of stuff. Now what has happened is your news media and your Hollywood has now taken and turned all of this around where it's cooled. You look on TV and you got two men kissing. That's cool. That is, now they have, that is freedom of expression. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I was telling the guy up at the store the other day, we were talking about this. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys who look, look pretty good. I ain't never seen one that I'm going to kiss. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Now, women, I had to, you know, well, I, you know, we've been married 54 years, so you know that I ain't got a problem. <laughs> but what's happened is the news media and Hollywood has made it okay that we should accept them in love. I love them, but I don't love their sin. I love them enough that I want to tell them the truth that you can be set free from that bondage that is operating in you. But what's happened is now that is pushed down. And let me tell you something. I know we don't have a lot of young people got family here today. But let me tell you something. They have put this stuff on these iPhone, whatever they are. I don't know. Some kind of phones. Uh, I can't even operate my phone. Mike operates my, he puts everything on my phone. So I don't, I can't even operate the silly thing. I don't text or do nothing. If, they, if it rings, I answers. But they've got these things now. These five and six year old kids know more about the, about the phone and, and all this other mess than grown ups know. But let me tell you something. You need to monitor what they're watching. Well, just look. I'm going to give uh, Ethel a phone. And I just want Ethel to get in her room and leave me alone. Ethel, just watch whatever you want to watch. And, 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 and that's what's happened. And you wonder what's wrong with our kids today. I'm going to tell you what, the mamas and daddies hadn't been set free. They're still operating in bondage. Now, I'm going to end this today with this. I know I'm an old fogey. But the worst thing that America ever did was do away with the draft. Because what happened... When these guys got 18 years old and the ones that still nursing mama, they were drafted and they made men out of them. And they sent them off 
and men come back. Now what we're doing, we're not doing that. But I can tell you this. There was a day when all of the problems that I had, when all of the sin that I was eat up with, there was a day when I met my Lord. And through it all, He gave me His mercy. And mercy washed away everything that I had gone through. I like the day when mercy walked in and pleaded my case. And I didn't have to do it myself. I got freedom and it didn't cost me anything except, Lord, I give it all to you. That's all it was. Sing it for me, sweetie.